eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED lights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is the Ed Marlin Show. Welcome back to Max Out, everybody. I'm so fired up about today's show because a young woman to my left... I've been chasing to get on this show for quite a while. You know, people ask me all the time, how do guests get on your show? And normally they pursue us and then we go through the list of people and pick the people that I'm the most excited about. About 5% of the time though, I chase people that I want to have on the show whose message I want you to hear or see. And this young woman to my left was at the top of my list that I've been chasing. And so she's 26 years old. She's one of the most successful young entrepreneurs in the country. She's building family generational wealth with her husband, Don. She's an anointed communicator. And I told her off camera, she's just special. She's just special. And I'm so honored to share her with the millions of you today. So Dana Chanel, thank you for being here today. Hi. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> she's awesome. Yeah. And, um, and by the way, so she's also, um, and this is a significant part of it too, she's also a female entrepreneur, and that's why she's a she, and she's also one of the leaders in the minority entrepreneur community as well. And so I know there's sets of things about that that we'll discuss today too, but I've watched you, and your content resonates with me so deeply because of its truth. And I'm struck by how a woman that's at 26 years old has accomplished all you've accomplished. So have you always been this way? It's the first thing I wanted to ask you. If I met a little 16-year-old you, was there this wise soul in there who wanted to be somebody who was this anointed communicator? Or is this something sort of you've grown into into your early and mid-20s? Well, I think uh, what's interesting is our gifts and talents almost like make little appearances throughout our lives, mm. but we're just not sure how to use it. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I remember in high school always being bold and confident. I was always the one that was like, you know what? Don't even bother doing the project. Let me do it because I know what I want. I'm going to go up there and stand and do the presentation and everything. Mm. I knew it was always like that, but I grew up in a household with four brothers and sisters. Mm. Um, not a household, a two-bedroom apartment. <laughs> wow. And um, my mom had me at 15 years old. So she was a child raising a child. And I immediately even saw my knack for negotiating because I would always out-negotiate my mom. <laughs> like, there was no punishment for me. That wasn't happening. It was my household. Um, and I naturally took that leader role. I'm the oldest out of nine now between my mom and my dad. But I think growing up, uh, my parents hated each other more than they loved their kids. And so... I didn't speak to my father for a very long time. We were back and forth. He called me every single name in the book mm -hmm. that I was going to end up just like my mother, all that kind of stuff, just because there was just so much friction. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until uh, I began rebuilding a relationship with my real father mm -hmm. that I began having access to God's wisdom because he was leading me. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people say and look at us and like, Dude, like, how, do, how, how are you doing this all? Listen, success has history. If someone literally is claiming to be super successful or they have all these things that cost money, whenever you buy something, there's a receipt. 
Do you get what I'm saying? There's a receipt to everything. And so please do not look at me and think that I'm just this person who just made it. It's a lie. Yeah. My father is Uncle Magic, the hip hop magician. Yep. He is a, a real life magician. Mm -hmm. Literally, it's the funniest thing ever. I love mm -hmm. it. Um, but I will say one day we got back together again and I was just talking to him and he invited me back to his home. Mm. And I was like, at this time I was working the front desk at a strip club. <laughs> and I literally called my dad and randomly, I swear, I remember being at the strip club and I was reading this um, book called 30 Days to Becoming a Woman of Prayer. Mm. Randomly, I have no idea, like literally Ed, like I have no idea how it got on to me, yeah. but I'm reading at the strip club, the bouncer's literally laughing at me, but once again, I've always been, I don't care, mind your business, mm. you know what I mean? And I randomly called my father, I'm like, yo, how are you, like, how have you been? Mm. And he was like, I'm fine. I said, you know what, I'm gonna come visit you, I'm gonna come see you, mm. and I never left. Oh my gosh. And through that process, both of us were so broken, him almost in a sense feeling like a failure mm. of not doing what he was called to do earlier, but most importantly, me also attacking him yeah. for not being a dad mm -hmm. and then only hearing in the back of my mind everything that my mom subliminally deposited into my spirit about him like oh you're no good like you're a bull from the streets like mm -hmm. you you ain't nothing you know what I mean mm -hmm. but I don't it, it was I swear the Holy Spirit literally brought us back together at the most perfect time yeah. where he was ready and he was he was he, he was I felt like my dad was finally looking at himself and saying, I have nothing else mm. to do. Mm. Like, I've, I've made it in my life from mm. going to the streets to real business and being successful. But his mom had maybe died a couple years before and he's like really thinking, there's no legacy here because all my, all my kids are scattered mm. between their moms and we don't like each other, there's no communication. And I was just laying in my room in his house and one day he came up to me and was like, you know what, you gotta do something. I don't know what it is. I don't mm. freaking know what it is, but we have to do something. I'm going to help you do it. Mm. And that was the defining moment where me and my father could really rebuild our relationship again. Mm. Because I think business, you can actually tell if it's working. Like there's a real result. Yes. Mm. My dad is the most extraordinary man I've ever met in my life. And when we started building a business, I, he was like, well, what do you want to do? I was like, I want to talk about God. And he was like, what the? <laughs> he was like, okay. Right. But then was a moment for him mm. because he said to himself, he said, oh my gosh, I had a dream. And God told me that I would never build a relationship with my kids again until they knew God. Wow. So I'm literally by myself reading the Bible, just building a relationship with God himself, right? Uh, I always made this joke and I was like, oh, a little sprinkle of Jesus. And I'm learning myself. I don't freaking know how to do this stuff. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And he immediately saw that I was good with computers mm -hmm. and he's dissecting my gifts and my talents and he's watching me. And I don't know what he's yeah. doing because I've never seen anybody do that before. Mm -hmm. My mom literally, and I know she's tried her hardest. Mm -hmm. I know that she has. Do you get what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But when you're in this this constant fight for survival, you can't live. My mom wasn't living, so she didn't raise me. She just took care of me. And so I'm sitting there with my dad and he's like watching my gifts and my talents. And he saw that I was really good with computers. And so I'm, he was like, go do like a WordPress website or something like that. And I'm like, okay, whatever. So I'm blogging about like drugs and sex and all that kind of stuff. But, um, I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't know how to make money. And immediately he was like, we're gonna sell some advertisement. Mm. And I was like, what's that? Mm. 
So he starts breaking it down to me, and I am a fast learner. Yeah, you are. Yeah. I'm such a fast learner. Mm. And he's like, you're going to sell some advertisement. I said, okay, break it down to me. Explain it to me. So we started doing that. We made some money off of advertisement. And then there was this one time I went to this girl. She is a reality television star, uh, Erica Mena. She invited me to this birthday party. And this is while I'm like building up my following on social media. I was known for my 15 second sermonettes. That's when Instagram only had 15 seconds. And I'm literally, I would say, talk about God. And it was just weird. You didn't see someone like me that was so in tune with the culture, but still encouraging people to like, yo, y'all better build this relationship with this guy named Jesus Mm. because it's the only thing that brought me back to life. And like literally was the defining commonality where me and my father could build a relationship again. Mm. So once again, we're arguing, we're fighting throughout the entire process. And I just remember I went to Erica's birthday party and I was wearing maybe a little low cut jumper or whatever. Instagram had a whole freaking conniption. Mm. And I woke up the next morning with that little notification that said, this has been removed. Oh, you did? This yeah. has been removed due to um, violation of the policy, yeah. right? I told my dad, I'm like, dad, yo, they deleted my picture. He sat there and he goes like this, you need a mobile app. So I'm like, dad, like no one's gonna wanna download an app just talking about Jesus. Like this is impossible. Mm-hmm. Like. Like, this is boring. Everybody's on Instagram. Why aren't we promoting on there? Like, this is where we should be building the business. And he said one thing that changed my life. He said, when it's not your home, you go by someone else's rules. And immediately, then we built the Sprinkle of Jesus app. And we started selling advertisement. We started selling in-app purchases. And um, And it became really the largest online Christian app of all time and community, didn't it? Dude, our strategic marketing and the way that we went about that, once again, the reason that I'm here is because I have 42 years of wisdom with a 26-year-old stamina. And so I'm literally, like, he's feeding me, he's teaching me, he's cultivating me. But he tells me all the time, and he looks at me, and it, like, literally, like, gives me those butterflies. He's like, yo, you're better than I could ever be. Wow. See, this is a part of your story I did not know. I didn't know how central of a role your dad played. But I want to put a pause here, and I want to just summarize something for everybody here. Because I have people on here. One, we're going to teach you some things here in a minute, too. But all of you come to the show today, your life is in some sort of condition. Good, bad, or indifferent, right? Yeah. And what you just heard, I want everyone just to hear this, okay? This is a, a young woman who has a mother who births her at 15 years old. There's a terrible relationship with the parents. She's estranged from her father. She's growing up in a two-bedroom place with a bunch of kids. This is not the environment where you're going, you know, if we could put a camera in there, that's <laughs> going to be one of the most successful entrepreneurs in the country by the time she's 25 years old. From Middletown, Delaware. Right, and she's gonna have five, six different companies she's built by the time she gets to that age. Are you all hearing this? And then she's at the front desk of the strip club. It's not like that was 20 years ago, right? This is only a 26-year-old woman. She just turned 26. So it's remarkable where you've come from so quickly. And then to think that really it came from a passion play from your faith that you've now founded. You guys, this sprinkle of Jesus is a huge dadgum deal, a huge deal. And so you build that, and through that, I wanna wanna just step back just for a second. You've built multiple different types of businesses, and we're gonna talk about other ones here in a minute, but is there something that underlays all of them that's made them all work? In other words, they're very different, but is there some underlying principle or principles that have made them all work for you? The Sprinkle of Jesus app. 
And I think this was the turning point. And I'm so grateful that I took my dad's advice on this. And he was like, actually, it wasn't even advice. You know how dads are. He was like, you know what? If you don't do it, I ain't helping you. And I'm like, what do you mean you're not helping me? Right? And so what ended up happening is we built the Sprinkle of Jesus app and it started growing. And then once again, the 26-year-old stamina. I'm invested in the culture. Like, I remember like he not being technological savvy. That's why I swear to you, God specifically put us together at the right time where we were old enough to say, hold on one second, I know where we came from, but look, this is where we can go. Mm. There's a specific reason for this, Mm. you know what I mean? And my dad's an extraordinary entertainer. And I remember I was building the Sprinkle of Jesus app, but people were knowing the app, people in the community were, were, we're downloading it, mm-hmm. but he saw something that was going to literally deter everything in this thing called business. I think that one thing right there causes an awful lot of people to freeze in everything they do in their life. They're so aware of what they don't have or don't know in their life that they just feel like they're not qualified to, to succeed or to be out there or to lead. I think that, that I think a lot of people suffer from that. Do you see that? Yeah, and I would I would say in that moment, there was one thing that I realized he was building outside of business that was gonna be the foundation of all of them, and that was confidence. Mm-hmm. He literally looked me in the face and he said, you will get nowhere if you are not confident. 100%, right. And so he pushed me off the ledge. Yes. And after that, I was like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. I'm built for this. And I would say the only reason why I'm here today, Ed, mm-hmm. is because there is a man behind me who has made me believe that I can fly. Mm-hmm. There is nothing that I can't accomplish. There is nothing that I can't do. The second that I think it, it can come to life. You ever look at your kids and like, okay, she finally learned that lesson. She finally learned that lesson. And it was after that, that I began picking every single business lesson that I've ever learned and began applying it, not just what he taught me, but on the internet, that thing called YouTube. You know what I mean? And so I started learning what all these other people do. And then I'm listening to the rich white girls online too, of like how they got all these investors and stuff. I'm like, what the heck? Mm. I don't got no friends like that. So it was one of those things while we were building Sprinkle of G's, I finally got my confidence up. And when, and then I'm sitting back and I'm thinking, I said, dad, I said, we got a problem. He said, Dana, what we got a problem about? I said, people are paying us to promote their business on this platform, this Sprinkle of Jesus platform. I said, Dad, why don't we have businesses on the platform? Mm-hmm. And he looked at me, he said, you're learning. Mm-hmm. He said, you're learning. He said, you got to, me, to it before me. And I, and I started breaking down. He said, evolve the plan for me though. I said, okay. I said, dad, why don't we create more need-based businesses? Because he's always taught me from the beginning. And once again, the only reason that I'm here right now, Ed, is because I've been trained to think so much outside of myself that wealth does not come from riches. It's come from the wealth that you've put in other people's pockets. And so I said, dad, I said, how about we create need-based businesses? And we go ahead and promote them through the Sprinkle of Jesus app, but kind of no one knows about it. And so the first business that we went into was Alakazam Apps. I said, hold on, dad, we kind of know how to do this and we've had our app before the Kardashians. We had our app before, we grew Sprinkle of Jesus faster than Facebook grew in their first year. That's how psycho crazy this was. And he was like, you know what? Once again, we're bouncing off of each other. He was my first co-founder. We're literally bouncing off each other. And he was like, you know what? Let's build apps for other businesses. I said, all right, where are we gonna get the customers from though? And he said, Let's start with our community. 
He said, I know people in the community because I'm a magician, I'm a well, you know, networked person. I said, all right, and I'll be the technology side. Literally created 50 million different emails. I was the publishing department, the production department, I was the customer service department. And I literally, my fingers were metaphorically bleeding, Ed. I put over like 250, 300 apps in the app store by myself. We were running this company and that's what made the extreme change for being known as an Instagram kind of like socialite or a social media socialite to actually doing real business. Cause now I was offering this service where I'll build your mobile application for you. Yes. So we actually bought into the company that built our mobile I app love that. and I took it over. Yep. We're, we're doing better than they did. You're doing better than they did. And um, awesome. that's when I started realizing that, okay, hold on, wait one second. There's so much money to be made out here. And so we built Alakazam apps first, then took Sprinkle of Jesus, went right back to the beginning. Every single year for the consecutive five years, we planned. We literally planned out our first five businesses that we were gonna start. Jumping Jack Tax, the little kangaroo, he was planned four years ago. Wow. But then we started using Sprinkle of Jesus, knowing that Christians are everyday people as well who need their taxes done, who need their credit repaired, who need business services. We started advertising, we would send out a notification that would say, um, a prayer won't change your interest payment. Let us fix your credit. <laughs> That's so good. And so we built up over the last five years, all five businesses by utilizing the foundation. And that's why I'm always encouraging. It's like, dude, I understand I'm 26 years old. Like mm. my life and what I like and what I want is going to change so much. I'm pretty sure I'm going to want to start a baby company after that you when I have it. kids. Yeah. But what I'm realizing is we can't keep stopping from the, we can't keep starting from the bottom. And that was one thing that I realized even with life and with people, and specifically in my community, the father's not in the household most of the time. Mm. And so we're sitting here getting frustrated with kids. Mm. Um, we didn't even raise them to begin with. We're pushing them out at 18 years old and they're starting at the bottom. I'm 100% not some extraordinary fanatic. I have gifts and I have talents and I believe that the Lord chose me to accomplish something great, mm. but best believe that there is knowledge and wisdom and love and sacrifice behind me. Yeah, and you, by the way, this is a really good point. You're, you, knowingly or not knowingly, are fulfilling that role for many, many people that your dad fulfilled for you through today's show, through your social media. I mean, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've built a bunch of businesses, right? I've done okay. And when I watch your content, there are things that I pick up when I listen to you as well. And so, you guys, she's built five, six different businesses. I love the fact that you use the vertical, by the way, of the original business to sort of be the platform of the other ones. Tell me about the box company, the the, the other business that you built. I just want Curl to, Bible. Yeah, I want to know about <laughs> Curl Bible first, just a second. So this is another, what I call vertical, but another extension of this progression that you're coming up with every year in your business. Just talk about Curl Bible real quick. Uh, once again, filling the need in of what I see first, mm -hmm. which now I went into it with a whole different mindset where now all these small companies where they're making less than a million dollars, making less mm -hmm. than half a million dollars, but yet they're women who believe in themselves in my community who are like literally creating body butters and soaps and hair care brands. I said, you know what? I'm gonna give them a place to sell their stuff. So then Curl Bible became a distribution company. And, and more so, more than ever, I'm realizing that every single company that we do is just a marketing and advertising company. Mm -hmm. And we allow people, because I'm sitting here driving through Philly, looking at community, I'm like, 
yo, all these businesses, we're all giving them money. I know we ain't broke. We just don't know how to spend it well. And so I'm realizing that, where are we? Like, yeah. if I go in the store and I give my money, y'all don't look nothing like me. So I'm just trying to understand, was it, what is it that I can do? And that's when we realized that our mission solely was to continue to build blueprints for the people in America who are struggling to make it happen. Mm. And so when I looked at Curl Bible, I said, okay, I'll be the advertising and marketing. You pay, um, in the beginning, it was just 800 bucks. Mm -hmm. Now it's a lot more. more right. <laughs> but you come in, you give us your product, we market it, we sell it, and we make you money. And one of the things I heard you say about that, I wanna jump back in here, is I heard you say something like, you know, I was looking at Amazon and a couple of these other places, they don't really make anything they're sort of a place where people who make things can go to get their products distributed. So that was also part of the thinking too, right? Was that very thing? Once again, Ed, yeah. I'm no better than anyone else. When I see something, I move fast. That's the only reason fast. why, fast. is I move fast. If I yeah. fail, who cares? Who's gonna tell me that I'm a loser? I'm yeah. not. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you get what I'm saying? So it's like, when I see things and I look at that, I say, oh yeah, mm -hmm. I'm taking it and running with it. Yeah. And so when I look at Amazon, when I look at these huge companies, mm -hmm. They ain't no different than me. Right. There was just someone who believed in themselves and I have the leadership and the capability and quite frankly, I serve someone else. So if I say, let's go, it's gonna move with me. So there's some things that she has done to make herself have multiple successful businesses that resonate with me. Number one, if you're gonna be an entrepreneur, you need to stand for something. If people don't know what you stand for, you're really, there's nothing unique and special about you. So the first thing is the centerpiece of your life is your faith. So you stand for that, you're bold with it. You're bold with it in your content, you're bold with it in your businesses. And that's something that's definable and tangible with you, right? That's most entrepreneurs what don't have- What is it called? What are the guts? <laughs> no, no, for, for me, that's just having a, that's just standing for something. Okay. okay, and so I don't even know what you call it, but I love it, right? But I don't, I, I think in entrepreneurship today, you have to stand for something, okay? The second thing was, you have a clearly defined market you're trying to serve. There's a group of people that were underserved that you've explained, say they look like me, their issues are similar to mine. You've served that market and you've, you've filled this need to your, to your dad's point is, is there a need for this, right? But what I wanted to ask you that, I've, I asked the guy who's the CEO of Walmart online a few weeks ago, this has been on my show, his name's Mark Laurie. He's had four huge exits too. And I said, do you think that all entrepreneurs have to have these brilliant ideas? Right, and look at you, you're already answering it the exact same way he did, right? And so, what would your answer to this? The idea have to be brilliant, or what? Or do you think there's other re ways? Mark's answer was, no. I think you ought to find something that already exists and just find out how to do it better. That's the fastest way to become a successful entrepreneur. What would your answer be if someone says, do I have to have a brilliant idea to be an entrepreneur? I'm 26 year old, mm -hmm. 26 years old, and I have five companies. I don't try to invent the wheel. There's no miracle pill to success. And quite frankly, it's already been done. So let me just put my spin on it. Let me help whoever needs the assistance. I don't want to be the genius. I'm not looking to be the genius. Where I come from, I don't even have the education to be a genius. I'm looking at what I see and I'm looking at how I can turn a profit. I'm looking at how it is it that I could build a blueprint to give other people to do the same exact thing. So, no. I, I want simple no, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like that's where a lot of, of people go wrong is they try to invent the best new thing, mm -hmm. not realizing that in the beginning of entrepreneurship, you don't know anything. Right. Allow the process to be evolved with the way that you think. Like when you really think about it, we say this with the tax business all the time. 
first off, I understand you have this goal of being a millionaire. You have this goal of, of being able to provide for your family. But you are a W-2 worker. You are a nine to five worker. Your mind doesn't even have the capacity to think outside of the next time you gotta pick up your kids from, from daycare. So my thing is, do, do what you're good at. Something that you're talented or you're gifted or most importantly, ready for this? You're trained in already. Tell every single business entrepreneur this. Do something that you're trained in already instead of trying to think that you have to be some huge music artist or sell this, like, are you freaking kidding me? And I'm telling people all the time, do something that is easy, like you can easily learn yeah. and then sell. And so- um, I go back all yeah. the way with you, Dana. I go back all the way. Like you became an entrepreneur, ironically, out of your passion for God. Your passion for the Lord is where this thing starts, right? And this conversations with your dad. And all entrepreneurs that are listening to this, I probably my piece of my favorite advice anyone's ever given on the show is what you just said. Because I know it's true. I've met yeah. thousands and thousands of entrepreneurs. And one of the other reasons I wanted to have you on, and I want to talk about this too, because you built all these different businesses and you're just in the throes of, and everyone's seeing in you what I see. And when you go to her Instagram and you see her content, you're going to see more of what I'm talking about. You're not only going to be inspired, you're going to learn. But you were doing this one meeting, I think it was for your mobile app, but I'm not sure that's what it was for. And you're like, look, I'm special. I'm going to do something great. And if you don't think you can do something great, you need to get the hell out of here right now. <laughs> like you just don't tolerate that from people, do you? But do you, that's a fundamental belief of yours is that every single person has something great in them. True? Absolutely. And I just believe that it takes an extraordinary leader to make sure they break down your role. Hmm. That's the problem. We're always going for the leader spot because you don't understand your role and the piece that you're supposed to play in this thing called generational wealth. What's generational wealth mean? What's that mean? Someone being able to survive off of what you've built. Hmm. You're talking about this 26 year old and, and why we have so many businesses is because that's something that my dad taught me too. Hmm. You better continue to elevate to the next thing before it's over. Hmm. You don't create, something should never create an exit for you. You should create an exit for yourself. And so literally, it's one thing that needed to be solid and, and a foundation is that every single kid in the family had to be making a million dollars. So that when it's his time to die, and it's one thing that he's very much prepared me for. Um, and I think maybe that's why I get so emotional every time I talk to, to my dad about it. Yeah. Because God doesn't lie. And he is nothing to play with. And um, he, he, God told my dad <laughs> mm -hmm. that when he's done, getting his kids on one accord, mm. it's time for him to go. Be called home then. And so I know it's only, it's only a matter of time. You know what I mean? But he's prepared me for this. Mm. He's prepared me. So he, he raised one child up to be extraordinary, to be the backbone to this family. And then we need to make sure that if he goes and he leaves, okay, does, is everyone good? Is everyone okay? I'm only doing what he believed I could. And I, I'm, I'm freaking, oh my gosh, like I'm so freaking happy he believed in me. And it makes me so sad when people don't have that. Just someone that believes in them. Yes. Someone to say, oh my gosh, I see you. I couldn't imagine. I've lived like, I lived like that for 19 years. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And so for someone, and just now to see the fruits of his labor, I'm sitting in freaking Ed Milet's house. Like, what the hell? <laughs> a little black girl in Laguna Beach. Like, I don't understand why am I here? <laughs> Just understanding what it's like to care so much about your kids yeah. and say, you know what? But I, you're I making me good. cry now and you need to. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I could, only, I could only imagine 
that you're you're raising some extraordinary little girls and, and it's like I'm trying and I can yeah. tell you how one thing I just want to say I just I'm sure your dad's so proud of you <laughs> I mean from I, I mean I I told one of the first things you probably didn't catch oh when you walked gosh, in I'm I said the only one who's freaking cried on this show so darn no much. <laughs> definitely not you're the only person who's cried <laughs> on the show there's a lot of crying on the show but usually I don't cry so now you're getting me to cry which is a little bit that is pretty darn rare but um you know, there's something about you that just struck me. I was watching you. Obviously, you've done so much of this out of love. I have one of these, one of the talks that I give. I talk about, you know, I was telling you that when Christiane and I were kids, we'd walk these beaches, and I go, who the heck lives in those dang beach houses? Yeah. You know, like, who are these people? <laughs> I literally had no idea who they were. And I've discovered, you know, it's funny, it's interesting, rather, that, you know, when you meet someone who's successful like you or, my, or myself that people think are successful, you know, they come from a family at some point who wasn't. And I don't think people realize that. Like, And then someone shows up in a family and they change that family forever. They fight for that family. They do something extraordinary. And you and your dad partnered to do this together, which is the most beautiful part of it. But all of you listening to this, you can change your family tree, your family's destiny, your generations forever. Yeah. You have that power. And you were given certain gifts that are unique. Obviously, your gifts are so apparent your 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 love for the lord your amazing ability to communicate that's an anointing that you have right and your ability to transfer energy like you feel things from you it's extraordinary like and you're using those to change your family tree others of you it's your intellect like in don's case it's his ability with math and numbers and yeah. his patience level and he's got a kindness about him and a peace about him when i met him her husband that that combination is remarkable but you know what? As I'm watching this young, incredible woman do something extraordinary, one of the things that concerns me on social media that I hear that I'd like you to speak to, because I just want your opinion about it, but I hear a lot of these influencers message young people all the time, and it's always just about patience. Be patient, be patient, be patient, be patient. Well, you know, I don't know that I agree with that. I didn't see you. You're not patient. You're after it now. You're, you don't have to be 40 years old to be a successful entrepreneur. You can be successful in your 20s. For those of you that are listening to this, it may not yeah, happen in absolutely. your 20s. But I think sometimes take people take this patience idea as well. You know, I'm just kind of chilling right now. I'm in, that, I'm, doing, I'm in that patient stage. You know, and I know the Bible talks about patience too, but you got to plant seeds in order for there to be a harvest in your life. You don't just sit around patient and go, well, I hope there's some harvest. There's a planting of seeds. How do you feel? If you were talking to millions of young people right now, how, what's your opinion about patience and what, they, what you would tell them they're capable of while they're young? It's like, dude, if you have a different idea and you have this ability and you know you're capable, like you have nothing holding, like mm -hmm. there's nothing holding you back. What the hell are you waiting for? You know what I mean? But when you say to yourself, I understand the end destination, you start acting real different. Yes, yes. You start acting a little different. And so I'm just realizing is that people don't under, really understand that you only have a smidge of time. Yes. And me knowing that I only have a smidge of time before it's my time to go and make sure that everyone in my family is okay yes. and that they're still, they got the heart not to provide for their own, but provide on the behalf of other people with all of our businesses. Uh, there really ain't no time to wait. You uh, move me. Crazy to hear a 26-year-old say I'm mindful of my own death, but I gotta just say this to everybody that's listening. That's exactly the way I am. 
I am mindful of it. I was when I was young. I'm a lot more mindful of it as I'm older. I don't think I've got thousands of years to make something great happen. Yeah. I've got a window of time. And your point of moving fast is, um, and your point of no one's coming to save us either. What about someone watching this who's in a minority community? And there's certain inequities that they face every single day, particularly in the workplace too. I feel like it's even more incumbent for them to become an entrepreneur if they can and get some control over their future. And maybe they don't have a 42-year-old dad with all of this wisdom in their life. And so speak to that a little bit about, and by the way, fastest growing segment of all new business owners are women and minorities yeah. in the country, right? Isn't that extraordinary? Yet, most of the influencers in the space that you hear from that can mentor and coach us don't fit either one of those two demographics, which yeah. is why one of the reasons why you're here, as I've told you, right? And so if you were to speak to the millions and millions of young people, women that are listening to this, people from minority communities that are thinking to themselves, you know, I don't have a 42-year-old dad with a bunch of wisdom, and but I want to be somebody. I want to change my family tree forever. I want to do something great with my life. What would you say to them? What would you speak to them? Entrepreneurship, especially for the minority community, if you're freaking listening, if anybody's listening, it's no longer an option, it's a necessity. And I understand that not everybody's an entrepreneur. I'm, I'm one time, I'm hip to that. Please do not go into entrepreneurship if you suck at leadership, if you don't have the ability to have empathy for people, if you don't have a level of care and you don't care about the outcome of people's life, don't be an entrepreneur. It, it's a disgrace. Because this thing called company, it's actually about being in people's company, each other, thriving off of one another to build something extraordinary. So if that's not you, then you stay in your lane. You know what you have that's interesting that most mega successful people have? It's really interesting. One, you have an anointed ability to communicate, which not all great leaders have. But you have a rare combination of super high level of self-confidence combined with humility. It's a very rare combination. And it's, it is the secret trait of many of the most successful people I know, meaning they have this incredible self-confidence, but they're humble enough to surround themselves with people who are smarter than them in particular areas. Just so blessed and so honored to run into people that like you, mm -hmm. that, that- My honor. That give me that like feeling in my heart to say, okay, Dana, you're doing the right thing. You're, you're doing the right thing because it's just so many people out here and, and go ahead, Cahoots to you if you know, you're building a business in extraordinary, but once again, the second that you don't desire to change the outcome of other people's life, you're gonna have a problem. You're gonna have a problem, and not with nobody. It's only, there's gonna be a timeline to your business, of course, if you yeah. don't. Every extraordinary business um, helps other people in the outcome of their life, but most importantly, God will find you a lot less resourceful earlier in the game. And we know what happens when, um, we know what happens when um, you're not useful, you're useless. And it's, it's hard for people to say that and understand that. But my dad said that to my face so many times. If you're not useful, you're useless. And don't become useless, not even to God. And so it's at this point in time where... <laughs> I love you. What? <laughs> I'm not playing. You, I got purpose on my back. Forget everybody else on my back running. I got purpose. What does that mean? You just said it. That was my last question. It was in my notes. I heard you say this on social media. I've never heard somebody say... I've got purpose on my back. What does that mean? That's what my last question was. You used perfect segue. You've said that twice in the last 90 seconds here. What do you mean when you say that? When you speak and you talk and you give what it, all that is in you and you serve and it changes the people around you or changes a thought process or literally changes somebody's mind to go in the opposite direction of where they're going, you're working in your purpose. 
because everything and anything that the Lord has given to you, it's to change what? The outcome of someone's life. That's beautiful. I love you. I'm so glad we did this today. I love you. Good. (laughs) Hey, listen, everybody, if you enjoyed today's program, you can engage with me two ways. Number one, you should be texting with me because I'm starting to text like crazy, 714-916-9144. But big time, I connect every day on Instagram. As most of you know, I run the max out two-minute drill. And what that means is, here's what you can win if you engage with me on Instagram. Ride on my jet, tickets to see me speak, max out gear, coaching calls with me, coaching calls with my guests. It's my way of giving back to you and connecting with you so that I'm creating content and bringing guests on that serve you in the areas that you need help in the most. And I know we did that today with Dana in a huge way. And the way that you win, by the way, is when I make a post every day, 7.30 Pacific, 10.30 Eastern Time. When I make a post, make a comment within the first two minutes. That's it. And you're enrolled a chance every day to win. If you miss the first two minutes, make comments on other people's comments. Engage with people in the community. We pick winners from there as well. And lastly, if you miss all that, just make a comment every day on every post, five days a week. If you do that, at the end of the week, we add up people who just comment every day, and we pick winners from there as well so that I can give back to you for connecting with people in the community. Hope you enjoyed today's program. Please share it, subscribe to YouTube, subscribe to the audio platforms. God bless you, Max out. This is The Ed Show.